0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rubanus Podcast. My name is Donatas Rubonas. I'm the host uh, of the show. And uh, today we are in France, in Rouen, Ibis Styles uh, Hotel Rouen. And we are here with the um, GM of new Euroleague family member, uh, Alexei Yefimov. Alexi, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation. And let's start uh, from, let's say, personal. Uh, in in this podcast, we will get to know Monaco team uh, better because there are a lot of interesting teams teams around this organization. But let's start from some personal experience. Uh, we were in Monaco a couple of days ago, and we were like uh, sitting in one bar on the corner of Monaco, and there is ca- some casual guy coming out of the corner. Uh, he had. Uh, Um, like a bag which we usually had when we were like 14 or 15 years old. He also was in kind of casual t-shirt and shorts and stuff like that. And I thought, that I think that I know that guy. And it it was Alex Alban, former Red Bull Racing uh, Mm -hmm. team driver. And my colleague Martina uh, also had a very uh, interesting conversation with uh, uh, Wasn'tski, famous uh, tennis player tennis in grocery stores. So, uh, in all these years in Monaco, Alexei, tell me about craziest or most impre- impressive, random conversations or situations you had in Monaco with, you know, a lot of stars in that place. Oh okay. no, I, I don't even know. But probably Djokovic. Okay,
1: Djokovic. He was he was practicing at the beach, Larvota Beach, uh-huh. and we just, I mean, suddenly crossed.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Probably it's usual to see such stars like that in the Monaco area, right? You I never mean, got used to it. I mean, there are a lot of
1: yeah. Yeah, different people over here, but you know, the most important, I think, that's, that's people like Monaco, because mm-hmm. you, can, you can be casual and no one really cares,
0: no matter your status. And I've actually heard that when Michael Jordan is coming to France because of his probably business stuff, sometimes he asks uh, the gym for him to practice, is it true? Or uh, let's say some NBA players want to practice in Monaco gym? Yes, Nike, Nike brought hmm. couple of times
1: their clients, uh-huh. and they, and they, yes, they were in our gym. Mm.
0: Can can you name any any players which were in your gym? It's probably not very you know sensitive well, information.
1: Not sensitive at all, but uh, they ask not to do so. Okay. okay. But
0: okay, like guys. Hundred plus million. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not not too many guys in that club, though. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're working in Monaco like pr- since 2014 or 13. Since,
1: since we went to the second division. Since since the club has been promoted to the mm-hmm. second
0: division. Yes. So 2014. Yeah. So probably you kind of got used to the let's say fancy environment uh, of Monaco. It's one of the wealthiest, one of the most expensive places in all world. Uh, but. I think that uh, when it takes convincing players like Mike James, Donatas Motiejunas, Yuna several stars, th- does it help to convince such big time players to come to Monaco? Listen I think first of all yeah, the, p- the place
1: is really unique mm-hmm. so I think it's it has certain added value so it's easier to you know to attract players but I think it's not only because of the place but also because of the organization mm-hmm. I mean we are young but I believe that if you will call any our former where he will say that he he was treated over here the best possible way. Mm. Uh,
0: it's it just bad that like in NCAA, for example, they can you know pick the player to, to show their uh, to show them the campus and stuff. Probably Monaco doesn't have that uh, opportunity to let's say bring player to Monaco to show show the environment and stuff like that, and then to sign papers for the contract. Well,
1: but maybe they just Google. Yeah, <laughs> and it will be enough. But the thing is, you said I mean. You mentioned Monaco a couple of times and you said luxury, wealthy. Mm-hmm. When you live in Monaco, you discover it from a
0: completely different side. Mm-hmm. For example? Uh, for example? It, it's, it's actually okay. a very relaxing place. It's exactly. a very good feeling to be over exactly. there. And it's not only about the <clears throat> money. It's about the environment, about, about the sea, about the, all these palms and very, it's a very secure place. It first of all, it's very secure. But I think when you live in Monaco, you know,
1: you understand that maybe of course, security is, the, is one of the key factors, but at the same time, why you feel good over there? Because if you will, if you will come as a foreigner to any place of the world, you will feel like like a stranger, mm-hmm. like a foreigner. Over here, I mean, you're just one among the others. Mm-hmm. Next to you will be people from different countries. Yeah. And it's much easier, you know, it's so, how to say, so international. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think this is one of the main reasons why you feel comfortable and relaxed over here.
0: Yeah, because it's, there's an interesting fact that probably only one-fourth of uh, Monaco residents actually, you know, are real, let's say, Monaco citizens, right? Because you have like 40,000 people uh, in Monaco. I'm afraid to make a mistake, but I think uh. that monegasks, I mean,
1: the yeah. citizens, passport yeah. holders, I think 6,000. Even even less than that, right? Better to Google, because I, uh. I, I'm afraid to make a mistake, but yes, they're… Mm. Less
0: than 25%. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, talking about uh, Mike James, let's we will talk about Monaco in detail uh, later, but Mike James was the name which, let's say, made uh, Monaco even more famous when they started to play in the EuroLeague from, from this uh, season. Can you bring us to the start of these negotiations and how did, let's say, that uh, conversation with Sergei Dadechko, the president of the club, Look like maybe you just saw that you know he he parted ways with CSK and you were like okay maybe let's try to bring Mike James how did that situation look like? I mean first of all uh,
1: there is a president of Mr. who Mm -hmm. who is here since since the club I mean since we promoted to second division but also we have a uh, shareholder Mr. Fedorachev the owner of Fedcom Group so uh they were discussing between each other that we need to we need to improve the roster Mm -hmm. and then i mean the the market was really small yeah on on the on the guard position hard really now hard to find uh experienced Uh players and then i mean then suddenly we say okay like last year it it sounded like a like a joke when when mike was talking to the but okay try is a try and we reach out the agent and start talking and trying to to present all the Mm -hmm. let's say benefits and all the good good points about potential coming to Monaco
0: and what was your main pitch uh what was the main thing which you tried to focus on you know to try to convince Mike uh, to sign with Monaco listen I think that
1: I think that he he was at the moment when he New challenge. I mean, I think it's 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 a real challenge to to come to the team, newcomer, underdog, mm-hmm. trying to to put it onto the new level. I think this is something which, which also made him, let's say, ready to come.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there anything unusual in these negotiations? Was it hard uh, to convince Mike? Uh, to say? I mean,
1: it was more or less the
0: same. I mean, mm-hmm. I cannot say that it was something casual situation. I would say, say but... yeah, more or less yes. And since. Most of the teams were had their rosters almost ready for the season. Were there any, let's say, rivals, uh, any uh, potential other potential possibilities for Mike to go to other teams? I mean, there were, I think, at least two
1: EuroLeague teams. China, but I mean, no one actually knows what's going what's to happen with the Chinese market. But I mean, definitely we were not the only one.
2: Mm.
0: And when you signed Mike uh, and you already mentioned that you wanted to improve the team, uh, I, I'm just curious, was it kind of planned? Because Will Thomas, for example, was also kind of last-minute uh, additions. Uh, why did you decide, it? was it planned to, let's say, leave some roster space for uh, the beginning of uh, September? Or something didn't work out the way you wanted, uh, let's say, earlier in, in summer?
1: Okay, it's always a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, we, we we wanted Nigel Hayes. Oh, but yes. it... it didn't happen. So we were, we were still on the market for the format. So I cannot say that we were waiting the last minute in purpose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also, at the same time, we are not the team which will make a lot of early moves.
0: And uh, t- tell us about uh, all these feelings, all these emotions in, in Monaco front office uh, when you actually saw that Mike is uh, signing. You know, it's, it was the, let's say it was the biggest deal of Monaco organization in all these years, uh, probably. It's, it's fair to say, not only in money-wise, but just emotionally to have Mike James as one of the biggest EuroLeague stars. So what do you remember about that? How, how unbelievable it was for you guys? Listen, I cannot say that
1: unbelievable, because at that moment we were concerned about securing home arena, okay. which probably uh-huh. was even <laughs> more important. So, I mean, you know, okay, big deal for the, for the organization, mm-hmm. for the club, but I mean, for us, the most important is to see how, how, will, it, how, to say, how will it affect the team and how will mm-hmm. it affect our game. So there was no any special emotions when, when the deal was done mm-hmm. and one, when Mike came. We were, let's say, more waiting for, for the season to be on, mm-hmm. to see how, I mean, what actually can it bring to the organization.
0: And in your eyes, how it affected the team in the first game? It's, of course, very early to say, but uh, what were, you, let's say, your impressions? I mean,
1: it, it, it's it's early to say, and uh, I don't like to say focus only on one player because mm-hmm. I mean I think oh. that, but uh, I believe that uh, in the in the f- first few minutes it was important to have someone who will. Who will take the ball and who will, you know, make a first, mm-hmm. how to say, say push?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we we are a young organization. We are mm-hmm. debutant of, I mean, our first ever experience in Euroleague. Not a lot of our players yeah. used to play Euroleague, so I think maybe it was it was important that uh, first two uh, two actions he he took the ball and he. He finished by himself.
0: And uh, what what was it like uh, to finally have your Euro- League event uh, that night uh, in that game? Uh, were there any special emotions uh, for you yeah, for the front de- office? Definitely, this is mm. something.
1: I mean, this is something which for a long time we were dreaming. Then were even afraid to think that this instead of a dream it could be a goal or target. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, this is
0: this is really what do you remember the most from that night for example what happened before the game because this uh, this co- last couple of weeks were also very difficult for you to to be let's say to have the arena granted for you not to go to any other place then of course a lot of preparation for for the first uh, game and stuff what do you remember the most about that kind of you know uh being let's say nervous before the start how it will look like
1: you, you of course i mean there was certain pressure because i mean short time and a lot of things to to be improved and developed uh, to to reach the EuroLeague standards. But I think that once you hear the Atom, you, you mm-hmm. forget about everything. And then then you understand, okay. Euroleague, EuroLeague is mon- in Monaco. And the most important that you you achieve this goal. What what was
0: behind you do, you don't really Focus on that. Mm. It was very um, impressive when fans stood up uh, during the EuroLeague anthem. I don't know; if it was planned or something. I don't know it's, if it's a common thing for Monaco fans, but since the devotion song, you know, came in, everybody was like standing, clapping, and stuff like that. I mean, the, uh, our
1: fans—they're—they're they're, uh, standing and clapping uh, for the first shot. For the first shot, yeah. but I think they were so how to say excited yeah. that they mm. they just couldn't see it.
0: And uh, what were the main highlights for you from that game, for example? What do you remember the most? It was because it was probably a very fast night uh, for you, but what were these highlights which you will remember forever about your first day in the EuroLeague, let's say? You're talking about, uh, asking about the game? Yeah, or... uh, yeah. The game, what happened after the game.
1: Okay. If we say, I mean, first basket, of course, just because mm-hmm. you remember it. And maybe... Two no-look passes of Dima. Don't a whole dunk? Okay, yes. I don't know. I mean, but I think you know what 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 I remember mm-hmm. and there was because okay, we said yeah, you Euroleague is here. The game start, you you think you can really, but then you you have excitement because of the result. Uh-huh. I mean, it's first ever first yes. ever match for the club. And then when three minutes till then, we were up by 23 mm. this is probably the first time when okay like
0: maybe it won't be just the first game but also first victory okay uh, you already by the way you mentioned uh, Donatas Motiejunas. I you already mentioned that you don't like to talk about uh, let's say some personalities and stuff but since we have a lot of Lithuanian viewers uh What can you say about uh, how did you find out that, you know, Donatas Martinez is that missing piece for your team? Uh, Why did you like uh, the opportunity to bring him to Euroleague after 10 years? Well, how did you came up with this idea? We've been, we just, I mean, we were discussing
1: what, what, I mean, who are potential Mm -hmm. potential names for us. And then we, we went through through the list of guys who were playing in China because we expect that, that uh-huh. China may not start or um, could start without imports. And uh, I mean, Donatas, okay, also wh- while choosing a player, we don't look just on the profile. We want to check, I mean, the personality and uh, everything out of the out of the court. And Dima is the guy who, okay, no question about his skills. Hmm. But he's a great professional. We wanted someone who, who, will, who will give an example also. So I think, I think that we like Demo as a player but also as a person, because we we are trying to take care about the locker room also and, and the chemistry.
0: Uh, if you had an opportunity to sign one more superstar for Monaco team, let's say not from all these NBA guys coming to uh, practice in, in Monaco gym during the <laughs> summer, but what would be your, let's say, another next starter which you would like to bring? Maybe as a GM, you have any favorite players or something like that? Well, first, in of, a all, I, first of
1: all, I would say maybe maybe let's try to see how we're going to work out with, with the current yeah. players with whom we have. I'm not sure if...
0: Do you Star? have any crush on uh, you know, some, some, some stars? Like you were dreaming about the EuroLeague at uh, yes. the front office. Maybe you have any dreams about some players, you know, which you would like to have, which you admire uh, watching them in our teams? Hmm. I mean, there are...
1: A lot of good players. A of lot course, of good, yeah. but every time when, I, when I'm thinking about them, I say, okay, like probably they're too good for our organization for the moment. But let, uh, 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 maybe we will
0: try to answer next summer.
2: Yeah, I hope so.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, the next thing I want to discuss uh, is your uh, personality. Uh, we we will have to, uh, we will try to get to know people who who are behind Monaco uh, team. And your story is incredible. Uh, you started as a sports journalist, uh, yes. journalist for Sports Express. Yep. Right uh, at the age of twenty one, or even earlier. Earlier, I think. Okay. Eighteen or nineteen. So. so if you were a journalist right now, what story you would write about Monaco organization or any player, what would you be focusing on the most? The most?
1: I mean, in the intro probably I would write that Monaco is the only one place where miracles are still happening because okay. I don't know how to describe the all the way which the the club uh went through uh, during last 7 years. Uh-huh. Because we started I mean, the, the club won third uh, fourth, third, second French division. When we entered French Pro A at that moment, mm-hmm. we won regular season, we won Leaders' Cup. Which actually we won three three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And then we were we had BCL experience, then Eurocup experience, now Euroleague. I mean, honestly speaking, I, I, I couldn't even dream about this and if someone would say okay what is possible to repeat from all this mm-hmm. i'm not sure because for example as for me to win second french division is maybe harder rather than okay why uh, rather than to to show something in a fir- in a first division mm-hmm. because at that moment it was only two foreigners allowed mm-hmm. i believe and all quality french players they 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 mm-hmm. play in first division i mean except of course the guys who are playing NBA, EuroLeague, yeah. they're all in 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 first division. So it was very hard to, to win second division, especially
0: from the first attempt. And what do you remember the most about the beginnings of Monaco team? When j- you just joined the, the, the organization, what were the main challenges for you as a young sport? The, <laughs> yeah. the main challenges uh, challenge was how to attract people mm. and come to the gym.
1: Because there are so many different uh, entertainments in Monaco uh-huh. daily on the daily basis. Yeah. So how to attract the people, especially when you have successful soccer team mm-hmm. above you. Yeah, I mean above because <laughs>
0: our You're playing is there. under the stadium. Yes. Yeah. So what's the answer? How to attract all these uh, people? Did you find that answer in all these years?
1: I mean, as as we have more and more people, probably there are
0: answers, but. Do you um, find the key, you know, what, how to, let's say, reach the hearts of uh, Monagasque people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but I
1: think it's Monaco is small and uh, we promote the club as something. OK, from one one point of view, like a family thing. So mm-hmm. fans, they, I mean, they're even called like Roca family, yeah. some of them from another point of view, something which let's say, like Monaco national team, mm-hmm. so that they, they could be proud of that. So if, if, you will, if you will try to Google, you will not see uh, interviews of, uh, of the president or even myself, we, mm-hmm. because we, we, we thought that the best would be to stay behind, okay. so that instead of saying, okay, projects which, which has been created on or led by Ukrainians, foreigners, yeah. whatever, people will, will mm. have personal attachment to it. Saying, okay, this is, this is our oh. national team. This is why I'm Monogast, and I'm proud that I have this team.
0: Do you think that you managed to reach this goal? Do you feel that it's, it's going the I think, I, way think I think we still need to work on it, but mm. I believe so.
1: And also probably one of the most challenging things in the beginning was to not to be considered because there there was already strong ice monaco soccer brand Uh so we were thinking if we will if we present ourselves just as ice monaco if you know if people will will consider us that's why uh in the internal market we are called like rocker team yeah while elsewhere we are using ice monaco brand because it's it's well known, and we can benefit from it. Mm.
0: But the thing is that you actually have nothing to do with the football team, right? Because some people might think that oh, they get money from football team. No, for the, mom- for the moment, soccer and basketball clubs are mm. uh, totally
1: independent organizations. And what Roca means? Roca, I mean, m- means that uh, the prince palace yeah. is situated on the rock. Ah, okay. everything which which uh-huh. is within the principality belongs actually to to, to the prince. So the mm-hmm. team from the rock, the team. From, from up there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, talking about uh, Monaco people, uh, again, I was doing a research and it was said that one-third of uh, uh, Monaco residents, uh, let's say, they are millionaires. How would you describe the profile of let's say, typical rocket team basketball fan, which is uh, watching your games, which is following your games, which, uh, which is coming to the arena to watch you? I cannot say that there is a typical one. Mm. Because there are a lot of
1: different people. It can be celebrity. I mean, you, you, you saw that we had Charles Leclerc who is, yeah. who is coming pretty often. We have, we have a lot of other celebrities coming, but at the same time we have, we have people who are living not only in Monaco, but in the neighbourhoods who are coming and supporting as well. So you can, you can, I think that at the stand you can see everyone here can be millionaire over here ah. can be i don't know journalist
0: uh, barista yes. m- engineer whatever and, uh, talking about these stars yes it was very impressive to to, to see formula uh, racing drivers uh, in in the stands uh, prince is also uh, watching cl- following your uh your, your team what do you remember uh, the most uh, which let's say very well known uh, people personalities uh, were in like in the stance of uh, Rocka team, like which the... maybe even impressed you. Maybe th- you didn't expect that these people, uh, basketball fans, and wanted to, to watch your team, for example.
1: I don't know. I, I let me think. Who could be? Hard to answer
0: because ah. I mean, almost every game we have, we have someone. <laughs> it's so. something usual for you already, so you uh, don't uh, kind of you know make any exclusions no. or something. No. Following your career, um, how did that happen? That at the age of twenty-one you became the sports director of Kiev, or it was as, an assistant general. Uh, yeah, it at first? was
1: at first. It was I. I, uh, I entered Kiev as a press officer, uh-huh. basically, and then I was traveling with the team all the time. And then during the season, sports director left. Mm-hmm. And actually, they at that moment there was no one who can replace him. So I've been I've been offered or proposed to finish the season. Just okay, like a mm-hmm. team manager, and this is how it started. So probably accidentally.
0: Uh, did you like writing or doing journalism stuff before, or you always I, had that idea? I would like to do something more than to be with the team and maybe to run the team one day. I love basketball, and I wanted
1: to to work more and more with the club uh-huh. because before i was working okay in sport express newspaper then uh, it was also mega sport tv channel and there was another one so i was i was like main occupation was was journalism but i wanted to find a pathway how to mm-hmm. enter a club
0: uh, if I'm not correct, if I'm not uh, wrong, I think that Andrei Vatutin has the same story. He was the journalist, then the press officer, and then he became the uh, TSK Moscow. I don't know, maybe you had any conversations with him? No, not or the same you know story, the story? He's, he's,
1: he's much more successful than he me. Had more, he had more time he, than you, he yeah, has, yeah, so he has great maybe one idea, day. Like, I mean... This 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 would be not easy to follow.
0: <laughs> Do you had any? Did you have any dinner with him or, or lunch where you also shared your let's say beginnings of your stories? And... No, we never we never tackled this. Okay, so maybe uh, this season you will have an opportunity. Maybe. Uh, what are your, uh, let's say um, GMS which you admired the most, which you always followed uh, the most, let's say to get good you know examples uh, from their experience.
1: I think it's not only about following GMs. It's also about following the the entire organization and the way because I think that it's not only GM, it's it's always it's always connection with the coach also. uh, Yeah, I I mean, there are a lot of aspects. I I don't I don't focus on personalities. Let's say I I'm more focused on the the way they communicate, the way they choose the strategy, Mm -hmm. the decision making as well. Taken a risk, or, or, I mean, where, where they think that it's, it's how to say, it was that.
0: Hmm. And do you guys try to build this, let's say, strategy, this approach uh, together with uh, mister uh, Diedechko, Dedečko? Let's say, uh, what, what was the beginning of that uh, connection? Uh, because if I'm uh, right, he, he was uh, the owner of Donetsk team, Yes, right? he was. He was and owner and he took and you president. from uh, Kiev. Uh, for a sports uh, director position, right? H- h- how did connection started? How your friendship started? Listen, uh, okay, I cannot say friendship
1: because still I, I, I believe that he's president and I okay, always ask that Job as an relationship, player, But let's yes. say, yeah, uh, thanks to Sasha Obradovich. Mm. Sasha Obradovich is the one who actually, let's say, opened that door and gave me a gave mm-hmm. uh, uh, chance because uh, in Kiev. Mm-hmm. Sasha was, was, was working and then uh, the team had financial problems and Sasha left. And then one year after he came to Donetsk, uh, by that moment, I didn't know Mr. Dedeshko. And then mm-hmm. he said, OK, I would like Alexey to, to join our organization. So he was the one, let's say, who, who helped me to mm-hmm. get to get that job.
0: And how you would describe Mr. Dedecko? He's a very passionate basketball fan, and one in your interviews you told extremely, that he's heart passionate. and soul of this organisa- organization. Definitely. Let's say, Definitely. what ca- can you say about him to you know for people to get to know uh, one of the guys who is running the team, and uh, at the same time one who wants to build uh, the the franchise, the image of whole team, the culture of Monaco team. Let's say that uh, he he someone who,
1: first of all, incredibly dedicated. I never seen. Okay, I cannot. I don't want to compare, but I know no. it's really rare to find someone who is so passionate and who mm-hmm. who is so in love with basketball. What so, what,
0: uh, what kind of stories would tell? What do you remember the most? That oh my God, this guy is really passionate about his job. What do you remember uh, him being passionate or very active in in his job? No, but this is I mean this is on the daily basis.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that if if we'll give a call now, he and you can ask about any. Euroleague game mm-hmm. which has been played or or local leagues where they already started you can you can get an answer uh, he 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 follows mm-hmm. all the markets this is really incredible how to find how to find the time and passion because he has his his main occupation mm-hmm. uh, yes so how to find the energy and to to watch so so many basketball and to mm-hmm. enjoy it i mean this is really Really incredible.
0: And he also takes an, an important uh, role in like building the team, right? You're of course. You're building the yes, team indeed, together. It's not, not like indeed. just your genome no, 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 you no, have no, to do course, all the things. Of course, yeah.
1: he he's, he's, he's very important mm-hmm. in this. Uh, what is, he's, let's say, I would say, main main piece. Mm-hmm.
0: And what was very interesting, I don't know if it's Ukrainian thing, but, you, when, but when you worked for Donetsk, there was a situation where the head coach was fired. And you took the head coach position. Is it like how basketball in Ukraine is, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> how it's like that? Because from the press officer, you went to the sports director okay, and then, then was the head coach. I mean, and you won the probably. first game against Azovmash, which is crazy because it was a good team uh, back then, eight years ago.
1: Uh, listen, first of all, first of all I, I, I had this experience probably because I did my job <laughs> bad. Because we we, we had a terrible season and we, we changed two coaches. Uh. And then, president decided that no matter who who can come and I mean, if if you will bring another coach, mm. he will not be able to to change the to change the probably. situation. So probably it will be it will if you are bringing in third coach during the season, mm. then probably you are already thinking about about the future season. So he he made that kind of uh, I would say unexpected decision. No. What do you remember the most about it? Because you were twenty-six year old. Uh, I remember first game actually. I think was Astana Mm, in Astana, and we lost in overtime because of my mistake. Okay, (laughs) of course. (laughs) But uh, but then, I mean, first of all, I realized that I don't want to be a coach. Uh Then, secondly, I realized that it's much harder to. I mean, that it looks completely different when you are Uh at the bench at the helm of the, of the team, and then, so I just wanted to do my job better, my yeah. main my you <laughs> job better to
0: avoid, to avoid this in the future. Yeah, you take the best experience of that uh, situation, yes. you know, yes. in order to help yourself uh, for the future uh, yes.
1: situations. But, but somehow we managed to get into the VTB players. playoffs. Yeah, yes. wow, that, that was crazy journey for that team. It was crazy. We, we, I think we won six or seven VTB games in a row.
0: Wow. So, but you still thought that it's not for you? That...
1: Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I okay. mean, I was I
0: was sure that this is this is not for me. But you had some basketball background before, right? You played yes. basketball at least in basketball schools. schools and yeah, stuff. yeah. I, I used to play, but I doubt that I would ever reach Monaco as a player. Ah, <laughs> say. Okay. And uh, talking about Ukrainian experience, Donetsk was very ambitious uh, project back then. You had also uh, basketball pl- programs uh, for uh, for young young people, young basketball players and stuff, and it was building and building up. But then, of course, war happened, and in two thousand fourteen, uh, during the that Donbas war, uh, the arena arena was set on fire, and it actually the fire destroyed all yes. the arena. What do you remember the mo- uh, most about that time? Uh, that situation. I don't know if you were in the office when all these situations happened. What was happening in your life back in the day? Uh, we,
1: when, this, when this situation became, let's say, unstable or, mm. or dangerous, we, we, left. Oh, yeah, we left. So, I mean, I saw I saw Arena and everything only on TV. I, I, I didn't come back to Donetsk when the situation Became worse.
0: Mm. What was the feeling? I mean, you worked uh, so hard for the team, for the organization, and it like ev- everything was destroyed. But at,
1: at that moment, you think not only about mm. about uh, organization or the club. You think, I mean, in general about the mm. the situation, about the people, because it it really, I mean, it's sad and it's more than basketball. Let's see. Indeed, I mean, this is uncomparable with basketball. Mm.
0: Talking about, about basketball things, you, you joined uh, Mr. Dedechko uh, in Monaco. And one of the important parts of that team was also coach Zvezdan Mitrovic, who is with the team uh, to this uh, day. And Zvezdan also had a good resume in Ukraine, but at that time it seemed like it was not a good timing for him. He didn't have much success uh, in, in these years before joining Monaco. Why you guys thought that Zvezdan Mitrovic is the right guy, the best guy for the, for the position you, you wanted?
1: because we knew him from from the past when he was working in Ukraine and he was doing a great job with uh, with the teams which have been mostly built with the local players mm, okay and this was our case in France we had only two foreigners oh. second division so we wanted to have someone who can who can make the the team better without involving foreigners because we didn't have we didn't have opportunity to, mm-hmm. to, to have more foreigners. So we wanted someone who knows how to, how to push the the team you have beyond the limits.
0: What you liked the most about Coach Mitrovic? As as far as I saw, he's a big star here in in, in Monaco. Everybody, it seems like everybody loves him. He was very important for all the success this team have uh, reached. Uh, personally what do you like the most about him not just as a coach but as a personality too as a personality yeah he he is hard worker but
1: when there is a need when there is a need and when there is a time and situation he knows how to how to switch and how to you know to relieve all the pressure and release all the pressure and how to how to enjoy Hmm. i think it's not easy when 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 you are a coach and when you have a lot of pressure, to find a way how to,
0: you know, to approach situations, about approach people, uh, and how how to stay, how to keep uh, calmness or something like that. The same line, even how to, yeah, how
1: to be peaceful, probably not uh-huh. peaceful, peaceful yeah, with peaceful, himself know, with the situation, with, with, with himself. Yeah, I mean uh-huh. how to how to. How to divide and separate, okay, uh-huh. this is job, I did everything what I could, even if something didn't work, okay, tomorrow I will work again mm-hmm. even harder and I will succeed. But it doesn't mean that if today is a, not the best day that I need to, how to say, I need to kill myself. Uh-huh. He knows how to, he's, he's super dedicated, but at the same time he knows when, when there is a moment,
2: uh-huh.
1: when there is a need to, to switch on something different rather than basketball.
0: And what is interesting about the coach, he has that kind of very different image uh, on public, for example, because people watch him in the games, he gets some technicals, he's shouting at players and stuff like that. But as far as I've understood, it seems like he's, let's say, player's coach. He has a personality which um, gives him an opportunity to feel his players that they want to fight for him, right? Is that, that yeah, correct? He,
1: he, he's the one who can, who can really uh, force people to follow him.
0: Mm-hmm. like uh, having a great leadership skills and stuff
1: he, like he has yes he
0: has this mm, t- talking about the front office about the organization we have to understand that in monaco uh, in the principality of monaco there are so many different rules tax- taxations uh, and stuff which makes uh, the situation and you know can make the running the team in a very complicated and tricky way uh, somehow uh What kind of examples you you could uh, tell us, which uh, would help us understand that it's different to have a team in in Monaco because of of all tax difference uh, and other rules uh, or something like that. Well, I mean,
1: uh, probably the the first of all, there is a Monaco law, Monaco law, and French law, and we need to to uh, navigate to navigate because because we're we're yes because we're uh Monegas company I mean as the club we're mm. we a company which has been registered in Monaco under Monegas law but we are participating in the French league so we need to we need to respect also the mm. French law and and regulations and but I would say that there is no there is no when you when you get used to it there is no mm. any let's say specific things which you need huh?
0: to really to take to take care of. But for example, what are the biggest advantages or disadvantages? Because, advantages? Yeah. Taxation. Advi- of course. Uh, besides the place of and course. stuff, besides the area, of taxation course. is different. Okay. Can you be a bit more in detail, you know, why it's different in Monaco and why it's, you know, different in, in France? The
2: taxation because system first, for your first team. Of,
1: first of all, because
0: uh, in Monaco,
1: income tax doesn't exist. Mm. So uh, only French players who are playing in Monaco, mm. they are still obliged to pay income tax in France. Mm. While foreigners, they they don't need to pay any income tax in Monaco.
0: So let's say it gives you an opportunity to assign for foreign players uh, on better terms, right? Yes. Yes. But I mean it depends it
1: depends from the country of origin of the player. Mm. Because in some cases uh, for example for the player will be in terms of taxes could be better to go to russia let's say rather than mm-hmm. rather than monaco so it's it depends on on each particular case but yes the uh, the fact that
0: there is no no any income tax in mm-hmm. monaco it it gives us a lot of benefits and probably talking about the disadvantages it seems like uh, mm, you have um, some complicated situation with the arena, right? So that was a big uh, thing for you to play in the EuroLeague, in this arena. And since it's very expensive in Monaco, it's very hard. Uh, let's start Let's start that there's no place actually in Monaco to build uh, a huge uh, arena. Can you be more in detail about that? What are, let's say, solutions uh, for Monaco team looking in future? Because, okay, you were dreaming about the EuroLeague. At first, it was enough. But now, if we, we want to promote uh, or to, let's say, develop your project, you have to think about uh, our scenarios. Yes,
1: but at the same time, you need to, to have long-term vision and you, mm. you need to, to assume that you need to make some steps right away. Otherwise, I mean, uh, you will not be able to, to, to keep the level. So uh, during the summer, uh, we increased the capacity from 3,000 to 4,000. Mm. And next summer, it will be bigger renovation and we will have 5000. We will, we will exceed 5000. Mm. So this is something which which probably is the best what could be done now with the current arena.
0: Is it enough for the EuroLeague? For example, uh, the scenario where you would keep your place in the EuroLeague is by making the playoffs. Uh, that's right. So if you're kind of making the playoffs and you Raise the capacity to five thousand. Is that okay for your league, or again you might have some situations? No, then will, in, in case. Well, first of all, it's hard to. It's even harder to dream about yeah.
2: about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: players. Rather but than as you about, said, miracles are happening. Okay, you know. so but uh, five thousand, five thousand will be enough. Hmm. I mean, we, we will satisfy the Euroleague regulations and standards. Did you be- ever? Because we are not not uh, shareholder club, so hmm. we are not a licensed club.
0: Yes did you ever consider uh the possibility of building the arena and what would be conditions of building the, in the, uh, the arena because i heard that since the situation in monaco with constructions is so difficult that they even tr- consider like making some buildings on on, on sea like uh, putting sand i don't know or something no, like that now
1: now no, uh, the government is finishing uh, artificial uh-huh. part of the land yes uh-huh. but uh, to find to find a place to build up an arena of course it's difficult but you know maybe it could be uh it could be somewhere like across the street let's say like this from monaco because for example uh famous monte carlo uh, rolex masters tennis tournament Mm -hmm. do you know where where is it played no in france it's, it's, the, the uh, country club is situated mm. on the French territory. Ah,
0: uh-huh. but in, in r- which area?
1: It's, but it's, I mean, it's one meter from, yes. from Monaco. Everyone yes. considers it, it as, yes. as a Monaco. Uh-huh. So, maybe we, we could try to find something which is
0: next to us. Hmm. What is very unique about Monaco that uh, we remember from our personal experience, that if you wanted to to try to call Uber, you have to go across the street. There's a married hotel uh, next to to, uh, Stade Louis. Stade Louis, Uh, yes. Yes, Yes. and then you can call the Uber. And uh, for example, there are different rules with masks because in Monaco it's mandatory, mandatory, in France not so let's say being across the street is, uh, changes all the situation. Do you remember any personal experiences which were like, you know, had, you know, for you to adjust and it was weird for you at the, in the beginning? I don't... Or it's so casual for you that... And now it's casual,
1: definitely. Uh, but before, I mean, before it was, sometimes it was hard to understand
0: mm-hmm. like where you are. Why it's happening like that. Yeah. So t- but, tell me what is more likely to have the arena across the streets of Monaco territory, or to have the new arena on 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 sea, for example. Well, I think
1: the most realistic and what will be happened is five thousand capacity of the current arena. What shall be next step? Uh, What would be next step? I cannot say at the moment because we we really need to to make deep studies. This is really. It's not easy to find a place to build up the arena, and it's not only about uh, building an arena. Uh, it's about the entire infrastructure around it, mm-hmm. the pathways, how to how to yeah. enter, because you saw that. I mean, the roads are tiny. Yeah. So if if you're dreaming about ten thousand arena, you need to understand where how the people will get. Into the arena where they leave their their cars and everything. So it's not a, it's not only about the arena. It's, mm-hmm. it's there are a lot of related questions, which which shall be uh, studied.
0: Mm. And uh, to finish it up about Mon- Monaco organization, uh, you have a pretty small front office. Yes. Uh, let's say. Uh, is it also because of some uh, regulations in, in, in no Monaco? It, it, or we will we, we
1: we will we will increase the, ah. the the office. This is just because maybe because our sport results were. Uh-huh. I mean, we were we were doing too fast on the on the court, and but still, we need to grow as as a front office.
2: Mm.
0: And uh, to finish the it up, uh, I have two questions. First of all, what is the next step? What is the next dream for Monaco, except from the arena, which we already discussed, you know, increasing the capacity. Playoffs. Players. Playoffs. 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 Dream. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think? How long it might take? You know, it it took you seven years to to reach the EuroLeague from the lower divisions. What do you think? How how many years it will take to to make that next step in the EuroLeague? Hard to say.
1: Still, I said that this is Mm -hmm. This is more a dream rather than a
0: goal or task, Mm -hmm. but I mean, why not to try? (laughs) Of course. And what is the next goal, the next dream for you personally, uh, Alexei Yefimov uh, as a 35 year old uh, GM in this business? I would, I would love to continue here because I think that I got unique
1: uh opportunity to work somewhere from zero from the early beginning and i think this is this is not easy to 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 get that, that kind of a chance in your life so i think that for me the dream would be to to stay with monaco and to see monaco reaching the new level
0: okay Alex. so <laughs> best of luck chasing Thanks your a lot. dreams i appreciate it It was Alexey Yefimov, uh, the general manager of Monaco team. Thanks all uh, for watching. Uh, You can follow basketnews.com. You can follow the podcast on basketnews.com and also on all the main uh, audio and video platforms.